Hi there, and welcome to the Feeling the Sonic podcast. My name is Stephen Connor, and I will be your host for the next hour or so. This is episode 15, and the title of this episode is Lost Hollow, Looking for Happy. Named Americana Band of the Year by the Indie Music Channel in 2018, Lost Hollow is a dynamic band of two main singers, Tommy and Laurie Harden. As the names might suggest, they are husband and wife. Tommy has spent years as an A-list studio musician and has played on an estimated 10,000 recording sessions, including sessions for the likes of Taylor Swift, Reba McIntyre, Candy Statton, Jessica Simpson, the list goes on and on. He has played at the White House on Good Morning America, The Today Show, Oprah, David Letterman, and many, many more. As Nashville-based songwriters, Tommy and Laurie got two cuts on Reba McIntyre's double platinum-selling album, Duets. Lost Hollow have been described as an emotional powerhouse, two amazing voices weaving intricate and powerful songs, three of which I'll be playing on the podcast today. I am so, so pleased that they have found the time from their busy schedules to join me on the podcast. It is my very great pleasure to introduce you to, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, Tommy and Laurie Harden. Hi, Tommy. Hi, Laurie. How are you? Great. How are we're we're good. How we're good? are you? Yeah, I'm fine actually. Um, you know, we're we are talking in in strange and dark times, aren't we, with the whole thing going on? But before we start the interview, we are we are going to stay away from politics and we're going to stay away from coronavirus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> they are the only two topics that are how I would describe out of bounds. So let's not go there. But Apart from all that, uh, I've been okay. You know, I've been busy writing, and um, but um, yes, but you guys never seem to stop writing and recording and um, and stuff going on. So you've been busy doing that as well. We have. We've been writing. Uh, we just got a couple of songs in a movie recently, oh, well. and uh, we we were so happy with one of the songs that we wrote uh, that we brought a band in to the um, to uh, the studio downstairs and uh, kind of. Uh, overlaid uh, a band to it. They wanted just an acoustic vocal version yeah. of the movie. So we really spent a lot of time on the vocals and got them where we were happy with them. And then uh, a couple months later, we brought a band in and we're so excited about the song. It's called Poison Thorn and uh, uh, it will be on our next record. So That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So is, is that featuring both of you on there then? Is it the kind of um, Lost Hollow thing? Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, it's always got to be both of us because I, I have to live with her. <laughs> <laughs> which which brings me neatly to uh, I was because obviously I, I kind of kind of known each other for you know for a, a little while, but I don't really know too much about you. Um, so what would be really useful actually is, is is for the listeners as well is how did you guys meet? I mean, did you uh, was it through music? Yeah, we we met a long time ago, back in the late eighteen hundreds, <laughs> and uh, the uh, we were uh, at music school together, and uh, we we weren't interested in dating. We were just really good friends. We were really really yeah. good friends, and we were very real with each other because we didn't put on the dating facade. Yeah. So we we knew each other, and we liked each other, and we just liked to hang out together. And it was you know probably. I don't know how long later before we decided that we actually did like each other. Uh, it was almost two years. Yeah. So, so we, we thought, you know, 
well, there's no really point in dating at this point because we already know each other. So <laughs> yeah. we ended up getting married six months later. So, wow. And what age, how long ago, so I know you already said it was in the 1800s, but um, how old were you at that point then? It, it was what, in the what, Victorian period. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me rephrase it. What stage of life, <laughs> what stage of life were you at when you, when you kind of uh, got together? And, I was and, four. And got... <laughs> we were in our... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you created... Usually, cradles... <laughs> usually it's the woman that doesn't want to talk about age here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that leads me to my name. Who's the boss? <laughs> Who's the boss in this relationship? Are you kidding? <laughs> Is that even a question? Not really, no. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's move along. Um, yes. We so, were in our mid... We were in our 20s. Early 20s, yeah. And you've been married some years. How long, how long exactly, if you don't mind me? Uh, uh, we've been uh, married 31, 31 years. Fantastic. Well, congratulations. I think when, as a combination of kind of friends and best friends and, and you know, then the whole marriage thing as well. It's, it's, it's a good combination, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and, and I've yet to be murdered in my sleep. So. <laughs> what do you, oh, you, you're funny. You've, last, you've lasted well. Um, well, we yeah, do have pillows. So. <laughs> you've got pillows and you've got a number of children as well through this uh, happy marriage, haven't you, as well? How many, how many, how many kids have we, you got? We, we, have, uh, we have six, but we say, uh, we say it's, uh, it's like a heat index. We have six with a, with a child index of 11. It feels like 11. So. Yeah, yeah. And the, are they all musical as well? I mean, I, I imagine, you know, with musical parents, is, is music important to your, to, to your children as well? Yeah, uh, they, they are definitely all musical. We've got uh, a couple of drummers, um, We've got, and everybody sings. Um, Our two middle daughters, um, child four and five, uh, Maggie and Lily, are both amazing <laughs> songwriters. Yeah. Um, and singers and guitar players and piano. They're just ridiculously talented. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, it's not really surprising because I think you've, you guys, you have your studio at home, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I suppose with all the kind of instruments around you know hanging around and it's quite easy to kind of pick things up put things down in terms of you know as the children are growing up um, yes i think that's fantastic and, and you know what an environment for them to grow up in um yeah. you know in the in nashville as well of course uh, are you yeah. are you from nashville originally or where, where did you do you kind of uh, hail from she comes from colorado we got married in steamboat springs colorado which is one of the most beautiful towns on the planet yeah uh, i'm originally from north carolina um yeah, but we there's a house full of there's just all kinds of instruments laying everywhere. I've got about 18 guitars at home. We're sitting in the living room and there's two guitars and a ukulele in here. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, because my 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 daughters are usually up late playing and singing, and it's funny because we are we're doing the floors in our house and we've done some of the rooms and right now we've emptied our bedroom and Tom is laying the floors in there. And it's funny because our daughter Maggie, <laughs> yesterday afternoon, she came out of our bedroom and she's like, "Oh my gosh, we have the, you have the most amazing acoustics in that room." So yeah. she went in there. That's because we took all the carpet out. <laughs> <laughs> so she went in there and recorded some videos for Instagram. It was awesome. Yeah, I think we, we I saw those. A, yeah, I saw those photos on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, we do have a banjo in the house. So, but but please don't call Child Protective Services. <laughs> All right. Well, Tommy, I've got another question for you then. So with 18 guitars, have you got plans to buy any more? Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, you can never I, have too actually, many guitars, right? Oh, no, no. Um, we were actually in uh, the UK last year, and uh, we stayed in Dylan Thomas's house in Swansea, Wales. <clears throat> and we did a house show there. 
And this gentleman uh, came up to me at the house show and said, he said, I'm a guitar player and a collector. And he said, I'd like to bring you a couple of guitars just to try out that are my favorites. And so he brought me uh, a couple of guitars and one of them was a Collings. Oh, and yeah. it's just one of those kind of instruments that once you play it, you pretty much hate everything else that you own. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like the nicest guitar I've ever played in my life. Wow. So, yeah. So what's um, actually um, a week or two ago on the podcast, I had a, a, a chap called Bob Wooten, who's um, he's a, a, a guitar collector and he's, you know, he's got some fantastic uh, guitars. And one of the ones that he, we showcased was a, and he does a thing on YouTube actually called the guitar show. Uh, and he did a, a piece on his, he's got a, a 1958 Gibson Les Paul, uh, wow. sun, sunburst, you know, which is like the daddy, isn't it? Absolutely beautiful, yeah. absolutely beautiful guitar. So what, what, what would you say would be, while we're on guitars then, because I, we, I do like talking about guitars, what would be your kind of guitar of choice and your favorite guitar that you actually own? Well, my, my de facto lost hollow guitar is a 1953 Gibson LG one. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And it just, it just sings. It's, it is in right now. It's in the need of, of a little uh, fret work, so I'm probably going to, have to drop it off to Joe Glazer, and because a couple strings are buzzing. But uh, yeah. but it's just uh, a friend of mine in uh, Colorado owns a guitar store, and uh, was able to facilitate me getting this guitar, and it just is is wonderful, and it and it's just old. It's just yeah. you know old guitars. It's a 60 year old guitar, and uh, it they just they smell great and they play great and they're the wood is completely opened up and uh, it's just one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And nice description, Tommy, as well. Um, so do you, do you play guitar, Laurie, as well? Or do, you, do, you pl- do you play piano or um, what's, no. what's, do you pick? Do you... <laughs> that was, a, that was quite a short answer. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm short and straight to the point. Okay. But you have a beautiful voice. So oh, you, thank you. You provide the vocal to, to Tommy's, um, you know, instrument. And you, yes. you are you a multi-instrumentalist? I've seen you playing all sorts, Tommy. How, how many instruments can you play? Uh, pretty all much all of them. All of them, yeah. <laughs> Particularly drums, it, though, right? Is drums? You would you describe yourself as a drummer? Yeah, that as, that was the instrument that that I kind of just uh, ended up sticking with and studying the most. Yeah. Uh, but as a child, I was definitely uh, short attention span, so I was able to bounce from instrument to instrument and and uh i started off with drums went to acoustic guitar went to piano uh got an electric guitar started playing bass yeah uh got a flute so amazing yeah it's uh harmonica as well can you play harmonica i think I've yeah seen you play yeah because i've seen you uh actually when i did see uh lost hollow live and in the flesh was when you came to the uk was it two or three years ago now when you played at um I got an invitation from um, the lovely Tim Fraser, uh, and you played it. Is it the Troubadour? Wasn't it? It's, yes. um, in- oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The Troubadour. How, how long ago was that? How long ago was that? Now probably it was like three years ago. Might three years ago. It been four. Um, but we came. We the last song we did there was a song called "We Are One." That's and it. Yeah. The guy that runs the Troubadour was buzzing. He came up to us afterwards and he goes, "Oh my god." You have no idea, but uh, and he and he gave us these two little peace buttons, and he said most people don't know this, but the the peace sign came from the troubadour. Uh, the there are three ley lines that intersect, and that's actually like a map of the ley lines with a circle drawn around it. 
And that's wow. what the peace sign is. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's iconic, that venue, isn't it? But it's just got such a lovely atmosphere and a nice kind of stage in the corner with not, not being too big. So the sound kind of stays in the room. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tim, Tim is hopefully trying to book us another show there for 2021. Right. Well, this I'll... is our first year in about eight years that we have not made a single trip to the UK and it's yeah. killing us. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you're big fans of the UK, of course, aren't you? you what is it you what is it that you particularly like then? Is it is it the history? It's everything. We've got a lot of really close friends there. We yeah. love the people. Uh we it's, it started with the history. Yeah, I'm yeah. a I'm a castle yeah. nut. I've got if you see my house in Nashville, it looks like a castle. It's it's uh there's swords, uh, I've got wrought iron everywhere. I've got a chandelier that you can hang on and um we we just love the the aspect of, uh, you know, the old churches and the old castles and the old houses yeah, um, and villages. I love the villages yeah, because we live way out in the country in Nashville. So, um, but we, we've just grown to love the people as well. And I, w- whenever we go to the UK, it's like instantly I just start to relax. I become a different person over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think you might even consider living here one day then? Oh, it's it's part of our evil plan to take that, over the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not surpri- I'm not surprised that your um, your house is you know is like a castle because you are after all Nashville royalty, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that what's that's what we like to call ourselves. There you go. That's I, w- I will treat you as the king and queen of Nashville. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. You take it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so We're just waiting for Nashville to find out. So. Nashville. <laughs> I've never actually been to Nashville. I must. I must admit, if, of the places that I seriously, you know, like to visit, Nashville is, you know, up top of the pile. I think um, I'd, I'd love to go. Um, you know, I love music and, um, you know, that whole vibe of this. So, is is it? Um, Actually, probably a good time to ask you, um, when one of the trips that you had to the UK, you described how uh, the the kind of session work um, happens. Is it the campus, you call it, where you've got different studios and these session musicians go from kind of studio to studio doing sessions, exactly doing that type of thing? Is that how it works? Yeah, it's we call it the campus. Uh, there are thousands yeah. of studios in Nashville, and you really just kind of get to know the people that you work with and they refer you to other people. And then you just, uh, get, you get to know the engineers yeah. and the producers. Yeah. I mean, y- yesterday I had a Mo Pitney session up, up in Goodlettsville, which is about 40 minutes away mm-hmm. and, um, uh, just great fun with the people, uh, got to work with a bass player that I hardly ever see, but he's, I told him he's my hero because he played on a Ray LaMontagne record <laughs> and, uh, I would I would I would cut off an appendage to, to play on a Ray LaMontagne record. Wow. So tell him how sessions work. Oh, okay. Well, well, tell him about the session. You you know we he did a session uh, in the UK, and I think it probably as wonderful as it was probably frustrated him because of the way sessions are done in Nashville. Yeah. Well, N- Nashville is just you know over the period of 40, 50 years of recording. Nashville is just built for speed. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the players are so to, – to be able to get to the level to, to be a top session player in Nashville, you've got to have a very, very deep well of all kinds of different styles. Um, you know, on a demo session, you can, you can end up having one song that's a Rolling Stone song type song, another song that's a Tom Petty type song a third one that's Johnny Cash, a fourth one that's Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. and the fifth one that's Dolly. And, and it's just like – 
you've got to be able to go, oh, okay, you know, and just like make your little changes and then, okay, count, let's count it off. But you also have what's called the Nashville number system. Right. So, and most people don't know about the Nashville number system outside of our area. No, no me included. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a brilliant system. Uh, and you, they do have apps for it. Yeah. The, the, the Nashville number system basically is based on uh, the scale which goes from one to seven and then back to the one. Uh, and so, you know, like, like if you're in the key of C, C would be the one, the F chord would be the four, the G chord would be the five, oh, a, minor, see, yeah. a minor would be six minor, uh, G over B would be five over seven. And so uh, after a while, you just get used to seeing these, but the, the, so the, the chart is all numbers. Yeah. The beautiful thing yeah. is it, once you've written a chart out, a lot of times the singer will come in and go, guys, I know I told you uh, that we were in G, but can we do it in E flat or can we do it in B? Or, you know, and so if you've written it out in in letters, you know, then uh, then you've got to rewrite the chart and it takes time. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, on the, in the number system, it works beautifully. It works in all keys. Yeah. Well, look, so I remember you describing that. Um in that session, that first time I met you, and uh, you know, I, I'm just fascinated by it. But, but these guys, as you say, they are good enough musicians to basically just glance at something and immediately get it, you know, as, as, and, and what needs to be played and what their part is. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a lot of people that come to Nashville and sit in on a recording session, their jaw hits the ground because they yeah. can't believe. Uh, like, like if it's a, if it's a master session, we generally try to keep it between one and two songs a session. If it's just three hours long. Yeah. And the sessions are three hours long. If it's a demo session, we, we will get five, sometimes six songs in three hours. Wow. And so, uh, the, the band comes into the control room, they pass out the charts, they play a work tape, which is generally, um, you know, I'd say 75% of the time is, is just a guitar vocal mm -hmm. that someone, you know, opened up a computer and played. And then, uh, so we listen to it, we look at the chart and then they'll say, uh, let's play it somewhere between Patty Loveless and Trisha Yearwood, or let's play it somewhere between uh, Tom Petty and Roseanne Cash, you know, yeah, Petty yeah, Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's a little studio joke that we have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and so the guys will go, oh, okay, I know exactly what to do. They'll literally go sit down and, you know, at least on a demo session, there's a lot of times where we keep the first take. And so people from out of town, like from uh, L.A. or New York or uh, some of the European recording places or even even London will will come in and they will just shake their heads. It's like, how, how do yeah. these guys know to do this? It's like an unwritten... Yeah form of communication yeah well I, I really admire that and um i would i was well personally speaking i just wouldn't even know where to begin but leads us neatly on to i think about your you know you are both you know prolific songwriters um how, how do you go about um writing then do you kind of shut yourself off in a, in a room or do you kind of bounce ideas off each other or does one of you come up with the top line or how, how does it work with with you you, know, you two and lost hollow well it's kind of like kids they're all different in every uh Every song is different. Sometimes uh, I'll come up with a melody. Um, sometimes Lori will come up with an idea. And uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes she'll just want about, a, about write about a subject matter. Yeah. Uh, uh, like in the case of the last two songs that we got in that movie, um, we kind of had, we'd seen the movie. They sent us a copy of the movie and they said, we need a, we need a song for this scene. And it needs to be, he liked our song, Water and Oil. 
and he said something something along the lines of water and oil. So so we just kind of wrote the song yeah. literally in about three hours. Yeah, because we knew what was happening in the scene for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes we'll come up. Tom will come up with a melody, and then I kind of get a feeling for what the song feels like and what it should be about. Yeah, she she has a real innate sense to be able to listen to one of my melodies and go, "Oh, that's about this." Yeah. Um, we got a few years back. We got uh, Reba McIntyre cut two of our songs on a duets record, and. Um, I had literally just learned how to play in Dadgad like the day before when wow. we wrote the song. And so I, I said, oh, check this out. So I pick up a guitar and I started playing uh, the first thing that came to my mind. And uh, it was it was literally this song, Sleeping with a Telephone. And uh, and she and I, and I thought it was some kind of cool indie, uh, you know, artsy kind of thing. And she yeah. said, no, no, that's that's a duet between a soldier's wife and a and a cop's wife. And I went, where did you come up with that? <laughs> it was like, I, I wouldn't even have thought of that. That is amazing. I mean, those, those cuts actually, because it was, uh, that, that album um, was double platinum, didn't it? Yeah, that was, that was double platinum. And um, the, the two duet partners, uh, we, they, she cut two of our songs. Uh, Faith Hill was one of the duet partners. And the other one was, and when I got this email, I screamed like a Girl Scout on fire. Uh, Carol King. <laughs> Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah. yeah. Well, more music royalty again. So, uh, oh my gosh, in, in, yes. in, in, in good company there. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have a, 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 we're going to play some uh, a lost hollow uh, three lost hollow tracks actually. Um, the first one that I'm going to play is "Looking for Happy." So, who wrote that one, and um, what was the kind of vibe that you were looking to get out of of, of that? We wrote "Looking for Happy." Um, the way it came up uh, to us was my sister was going through some postpartum depression and a lot of us in our family kind of deal with depression and different things. And so she started doing on Instagram, they did a hundred days of happy. It was a little theme. And so she would, every day she would post a picture and I loved it. And I just went, you know, after about, I don't know, a month or so, I, I looked at Tom and I said, we need to write a song kind of about the journey of finding happiness in the little things. Yeah. And uh, so we wrote it. We, we wrote it and neither one of us liked it. So we kind of put it on the shelf. And then about eight months later, we, we were writing and we listened to it. And when we listened to it with fresh ears, yeah. we kind of looked at each other and went, what were we thinking? This is a this is great. <laughs> it does. It has. It has that. It, it has a happy sound. If you could describe a happy sound, it's certainly got. Yes, that. it's, it's very it's, whimsical. It's on um, ukulele, isn't it? I think is the uh, the kind of intro um, before it kind of picks up and, and gets going through the song. But let's have a listen to that uh, now, then, shall we? This is "Looking for Happy" by Lost Hollow. Socks at for my 
first cup of tea I'm just looking for happy If you open your heart you will see There's a million little opportunities was Looking for Happy by Lost Hollow. Absolutely fantastic, uh, happy sound there, guys. Um, you know, really good work. And did you have a music video that went with that? Yeah, we 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 shot it over a couple of year period. And uh, the funny thing is our, our son, who's now 13, was he was probably about six or seven. Uh, he was really short in the beginning of the video. And at the end of the video, he'd grown about, about eight inches. So, <laughs> but we... we the one thing that I love about that video is um, we shot some of it in Canterbury. Um, and there was this uh, tourist shop and it had these solar powered bobblehead dolls, you know, that, and yeah. so we, we were actually able to put uh, one of them was the queen <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was able to, we were able to slow the, the video down to where, the queen's kind of bobbling her head along <laughs> along with the song, which is fantastic. <laughs> one of my favorite things. So, yeah. So can people find that on YouTube then? Yes. Uh, yeah. Any of our socials, uh, you can go to Lost Hollow Band yep. and um, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook. It's well, got all it's the got usual. Yeah, all the usual, um, you know, social media sites and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, just while I've got you on that then, so what's your view on social media then? I mean, as a musician, I suppose it's a, a great way of getting, you know, your content out to fans and to, and, and, to, and to the general public. But what's your view on a, you know, all of it? Do you think it's a good thing, social media and communication through social media? 
I, I, in terms of music and getting music out, it's a wonderful thing yeah. uh, because it, we have gotten so many fans just by putting up a video and yeah. sharing it and people share it. Yeah. Um, we, we did a, uh, acoustic vocal version of, uh, a few months ago of landslide and we had, we did a three part harmony and we had uh, one of our daughters sing with us. Amazing. And it's gotten something like 200,000 views on Facebook. No way. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, and we've gotten so many new fans, you know, just from putting stuff up, you know, now th there's always a dark side of course of the, of social media. And that's, mm. you know, you go on Facebook and, you know, people, people tend to put up the most shiny parts of the best parts of the best parts of their life. Of course. And then, and then you, you look at it and you go, well, I'm just boring. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and I suppose that there's also an element of uh, where it, you know, the downside could be that if you get, you know, comments that are not particularly um, complimentary, shall we say. Um, and I think a lot of people do get affected by what they read on social media, whether it be a, a kind of nasty comment for no reason whatsoever, you know, that it just seems to be the the, the kind of, the society that we live in nowadays where people are, just don't seem to have anything better to do than be negative and, and, you know, really unkind to people on through social media. Yeah, I agree. And we just, for those, when we see them, I don't even let Lori half the time look at them. I just delete them. Yeah. So they're just gone. Yeah, exactly. We don't have time for that, do we? Nope. No. And it, and usually it's people that wouldn't have the courage to say it to your face, but because it, it's social media, they, exactly. It, it kind of empowers them to be rude. Yeah. Um, just just while I remember, you mentioned um, Mo Pitney a, a little bit earlier, um, and I saw something. Have you got something going on tomorrow? That um, a, a show or something that's that's going on tomorrow? Yes, we are playing at at uh, it's a restaurant called Puckets, and it's in Leapers Fork. And Leapers Fork is this gorgeous little Mayberry town uh, south of Franklin. Um, South of Nashville. Yeah, south of Nashville, south of Franklin. And uh, and uh, this is like a, an old Byrite grocery store that they made into a restaurant, mm -hmm. a little country grocery store. And uh, we're doing a show with Mo Pitney. And uh, Mo is just, oh, my gosh, if you don't know Mo Pitney, go look him up. He's he's yeah. the real deal when it comes to country music. Yeah, yeah. he is very, very country. He's, he's, uh, he's a young man. He's got this big deep boomy voice he writes amazing songs and he just when he sings people just stop with their yeah 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 sounds great so you can actually still gig then um over there you, you the, without sort of alluding too much to the uh the old pandemic but you know bars and pubs and clubs are open then in nashville well it's it's not in Nashville proper. Yeah, it's kind of out in the country. So oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're straying into lockdown territory. Uh -huh. so let's, let's move on because yeah. yeah, it's just you know, it's just awful. I mean, I would just feel, really feel for you know the the creators that are out there with you know songwriters and musicians and everything when everything's just complete come to a complete standstill. Certainly in the UK, anyway. But um, you know, but, no, same but, here. Yeah. It's it's very overwhelming. Yeah. And, and uh, I have a friend who owns a tour bus company. And he's had to sell a lot of his tour buses because, I mean, nobody's doing yeah, anything. Yeah, right I mean, it's, it's the, those type of things, actually, that you don't realize quite how far-reaching this is, you know, where, you know, I don't yes. think anybody's escaped, have they, with, um, you know, unless unless you work in the health system. Um, it's, yeah. it, everything else, is, I think, has been, you know, has been hit. But uh, moving on then, um, you mentioned that track of yours, um, Water and Oil, which I think was the, probably, I think, the first one that I, Lost Hollow song that I actually heard. 
we're going to play that as well. Um, was that again a, a kind of a, a combination joint effort in terms of songwriting and and the melody that you got from that and the song meaning? Where where were you going with that one? You know that one was a that one was a three way write with a, a friend of ours, Hillary McBride, mm-hmm. and uh, we just really kind of sat down and we kind of knew what musical direction we wanted to go in. And sometimes you've written a song and. It's kind of like having an, a really ugly child, and sometimes it's like having a beautiful child. <laughs> and you, and you, you love them all. Yes, you love them all, but other people kind of go, Ugh. Come on now, Tom. There's so, no such thing as an ugly child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but it's that particular song, once we wrote it, we were like, wow. We, uh, yeah. I think we, we kind of got up to home plate and hit a home run. Yeah, with it one, is so. a beautiful song. And, um, well, no greater time than uh, the present to play that. So this is Water and Oil by Lost Hollow. I try to talk to you You just see my lips move Like a silent movie touch your hand but you turn away and brush your hair as you look right through me we're just going through the motions we keep hitting walls you and I we're building castles in the sky Just play 
So that was the beautiful Water and Oil by Lost Hollow. And um, moving on, really love that sound. It's, I think that's a great, uh, you know, a great track. But I just want to take you back to um, something we were chatting about earlier in terms of the Nashville setup and how you do the sessions and stuff. And I have personal experience of um, you recording one of my songs, which um, which was a fantastic um, process and a great thing to see. But it's through your, um, you know, a business idea, um, Nash Tracks. How, how, do, how would you describe that of what you can do for musicians, you know, literally from all around the world into getting that Nashville sound for their for their music? Well, uh, the, <clears throat> the idea actually came to us through a friend of ours, Tim Fraser. Uh, he kind of floated the idea and I thought, well, this, that's a great it idea. Is. There, there are so many, uh, and it really came about, uh, uh, Brit writers and, and it's, it's kind of hard to get that sound outside of Nashville. You know, you really have to kind of go to Nashville to get it. Yeah. And so what, what we did is we kind of created this, uh, uh, Nash tracks and it's, T R A C K S, not the, not with the X, because I yeah. I think there's another guy that's got a Nash tracks with an X, and that's not mine. So oh okay um, yeah Nash tracks as in yeah, as in track record record track yeah yeah as in Real the track, yeah, know, way yeah. that you would normally spell track Nash um, tracks. So um, and it, it just it it was kind of a hit um, off the off the bat. I, we had uh, we've had so many so many writers. Uh, I just did a track for a guy in the net in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a, there's a track that we just mixed that, uh, a, a brand new artist who, uh, a girl, and I, I can't remember where she's in Essex, I think, um, her name's Hannah Dorothy and her song, I think was number two on iTunes on the, wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the song is called ever say never, I think. Uh, wonderful. So, and she's actually a surfer that became uh, a songwriter. So a lot of people that really want, you know, they want their songs to sound like Nashville. Well, you know, if you're going to have your song sound like Nashville, why not have, have it played by the guys that are actually playing on the records? Yeah. I mean, I, I've played on a bunch of number one records. Um, the guys that I like to call, uh, on these particular records are the ones that, you know, uh, uh, they play on Blake Shelton's records, Tim McGraw's records, um, Garth Brooks, uh, Dolly Parton. They play on all these people on a daily basis. And, and these are the guys that, you know, sometimes they're even really hard to get cause they're so busy, Yeah. but we really pride ourselves in, you know, 
in trying to use the A team guys, I mean, there's there's a reason why these guys are A team guys because they are so so good. Yeah. Um, I myself had sat down, tried to figure out how many recording sessions I've played on over the years, and it's somewhere between the neighborhood of seven and ten thousand sessions. Yeah, yeah. Over a twenty two year period, you know, and that that's like going back to our thing that we were talking about in Nashville as well. When you do something, you know, I figure that I've played on somewhere between thirty and forty thousand songs. Wow. And um, when you do that, you you really don't have to re, you know, uh, invent the wheel. You you know what to do. So yeah. And yeah. these guys, these guys are we've we've kind of come up with the formula of of we've got about three or four guys per chair, and they're just geniuses. And so when uh, when we record something for somebody in say in the UK, they'll send us the song. And really all we need is a guitar vocal. We don't need a fancy made up work tape, you know, with drums and everything mocked up. We don't need that. You just need a guitar vocal. Uh, You just need to tell me what tempo or what key you want it in. You know, if they're going to do the vocal or if we're going to have somebody here do the vocal. Yeah. And then then people give us references. In, In other words, well, I really like the way, you know, this latest Casey Musgrave song sounds. And I'd like it to be between that and uh, Miranda Lambert or something like that. Yeah. So, and we're like, okay. So when we, when the guys come and. um, You also cast the musicians. Yes. I think that's important to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing too. It's, it's almost like directing a movie, the casting director of a movie. It's like, if I've got an entire uh, session of bluegrassy songs then I wouldn't typically call the one guy that I called. I would call this other guy who's like a bluegrass genius. Or if there's somebody who's real bluesy on electric guitar and there's a lot of bluesy electric guitar solos, I would, I would hire this electric player because he, you know, and that, that's another thing since I do so many recording sessions, you know, you kind of get a feel after seeing uh, all these people play hundreds of times. This guy does this really well. This guy does this really well, you know, yeah, so you 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 fit the musicians to the style to the absolutely. Music. Well, right. I was abs- I was absolutely. T- you did two for me actually, and there was um, and I think one of the names that um, on there uh, that played guitar on on certainly one of my tracks was Troy Lancaster. Yes. So I mean, what you're getting is you know for a relatively kind of low entry cost, really. Let's face it, in terms of getting the quality of the of the kind of musicians that you've just just described. Um, you're getting these these kind of top dollar uh, um, service and uh, and performance from the guys, as you said, as you described it. You know, it's almost like a casting thing. But I, I seem to remember. I think I sent you a really kind of quite rough acoustic demo with me just basically playing this idea of a song um, on voice notes or something. Or I don't. Know, I can't remember how it, how it all kind of came about. But what came back was a full band sounds um and in, in, in this particular instance we did put our own vocal on but i know you, you can provide that service with some top vocalists as, as well but um <laughs> i think you know for what you get from it it's i think it's absolutely fantastic so thank you for uh you know certainly for the for the two that you did for me do you also offer where you, people can kind of tune in and um not tune in what's the word kind of uh have a, have a visual of the guys at work yeah we can do that um now we do live out in the country and um uh, we tell people that they out where we live, uh, they pipe in the internet by cow. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. it's, uh, it's pretty slow. So sometimes, you know, the, the, it comes in and out, but we can't actually do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. 
So what, what other, th- I mean, living in the country then, um, is, is are you country people g- uh, generally? I mean, d- were you brought up in the countryside or um, or not certainly not city uh, dwellers, were you, before before moving out to Nashville? Yeah, we were, we both grew up in the country. Uh, Lori grew up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Mm. Um, and Steamboat is a small mountain town. And she literally lived like 20 minutes outside of Steamboat on the side of a mountain. It was just absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing. Yeah. The cowboy town, yeah, and and I grew up in very rural uh, North Carolina, out near the tobacco fields, and uh, yeah. I just love, you know, walking around in the woods and and yeah. hiking and doing stuff, and yeah. So we we when we found uh, Lori actually found the place that we're living now, and she, we really just wanted quiet, you know, and she found this place, and pretty much all you hear out here is bugs and wind. So they can yeah. be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes those frogs are really loud <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm the same though and I, incidentally have you have you been walking or hiking in any of the the uk national parks you know have you been up to snowdonia or anywhere like that or lake district i don't think so but we've been on a fair amount of uh, footpaths uh, that's one thing that we don't have in america uh you go walking on somebody's property in america and you're likely to get shot so um, <laughs> thanks um, thank, thanks for the tip <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you don't just go just what are you doing on my land <laughs> so but we uh that's one thing we love about the uk is the footpaths you know they're, they're just yeah. everywhere and people love to walk over there yeah. and uh people yeah. don't walk as much here i wish I, you know yeah so yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, we've described the uh, the Nash tracks uh, session and and what you can deliver and everything. So I'm going to play one of the tracks that you did for me. Uh, this is a track called "I Try to Say," which was written by me and um, not sung by me, incidentally, on this one. So this is performed by Tony James Shevlin on the vocal, but all the instrumentation and the the, the track is performed in Nashville um, by Tommy's. Nash Tracks uh, concept uh, track is called I Try to Say uh, goes a little something like this
So that was, I try to say, performed on uh, Nashville Session uh, through Tommy's uh, Nash Tracks. Absolutely, and I thought that song was brilliant. I got to tell you. <laughs> well, that was what I think. I think Laurie, I think you particularly liked that one, didn't you? When we when we I first put, put it through, um, I can actually still hear the chorus. I mean, well, in my head, it does have that thing. But I think in mine, we had this kind of you know cowboy, um, which is why we particularly wanted that country sound kind of you know, down on his luck and everything he says to, you know, his partner, it kind of comes out wrong. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, of which I have, uh, you know, quite a bit of personal experience. Um, <laughs> and do you know what I mean? You go, you mean to say something kind of pretty, pretty quite harmless and, um, you know, non-offensive, but it's just the way the delivery sometimes can, you, you, uh, I think, I think this is probably, if I stereotype, a kind of male problem. Yeah, and, I think you're right. <laughs> and uh, you know, this kind of long-suffering long cowboy, but uh, no matter what he says, it's kind of oh well, you know, just uh, what uh, what I meant to say was was, was this. So, yeah. In but, in Nashville, uh, we in Nashville we call that an "I'll show me" moment. Okay. Yes. Right. So I'm going to write a song now called "I'll Show Me." <laughs> <laughs> we actually did. <laughs> oh, you've done that. Oh, it's been done. Damn it. <laughs> uh brilliant yeah so thanks for that um really appreciate that and i think it, it's um it's, it's just gives it that whole nashville sound and the you know the, the 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 whole instruments played in that track you know really make it and as it say gives it that kind of nashville nashville country sound so um oh for sure absolutely brilliant so we're gonna have dare i say a um we're gonna finish off with a track that you have coming out uh is it too early to start talking about christmas no, not we're, at all. I mean, it's ever too early. <laughs> all right, so massive Christmas fans, then, yeah. Well, he is. I don't know if I am. Well, honestly, because of, <laughs> because of this, Christmas is exhausting. To because me. of this bloody pandemic, we actually that we're not going to talk about. We that we're <laughs> yeah. not talk about. We actually put up our Christmas tree because we're tr- we're trying to tell uh, twenty twenty 
Uh, move along, please. Move along, yeah. Well, I, I think that's not a bad idea, is it? Because it's no. Been, I mean, what a year! I mean, it's been absolutely horrible, hasn't it? I mean, <laughs> but we're going there again, so let's just <laughs> let's just yeah. Uh, well, one thing I will say about the, the whole sort of pandemic thing: uh, let's just hope that you know we are through it sooner rather than later. You know, because I'm pretty sure, um, you know, we're all we're all done with it now, aren't we? we, we it's, yes. It's, it's just kind of, let's get to 2021 and, and hope for better things. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So the Christmas uh, thing then, you've written this um, this song, Jesus and Santa, um, with Reba McIntyre, I think? As, yes. As, as a co-write, yeah? Yeah, we, we, uh, we wrote with her and she said, I want to write a Christmas song. And I went, oh, great, we love Christmas. And then she said... I want to write a song about Jesus and Santa teaming up. And we're, and my first reaction was, how do I do that? Three <laughs> music. How do I do that and not tick off half of Christendom? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. But we, we actually pulled it off, I think. Yeah, well, I did some studying, and that second verse is... Uh, oh, about St. Nick, yeah. Yeah, it was a, is a true story, so... Or at least a, at least on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's true on the internet, right? Absolutely, yeah. If it's, if it's there, and it's in, it's you know, it's in print. It's got to be true, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So is um. So when when is, when are you planning to release that then? Well, fingers crossed. Um, we we may be eating uh, beans and franks for the for the month of December, but we're trying to get uh we're trying to get this onto the radio on the BBC Two. And we have a wonderful uh, radio promoter that we're working with over there. And they love this song. And they had never heard this song. Um, and there was, who was it? Oh, it was a, a friend of ours, uh, another friend of ours, not the radio promoter. but uh, And she has oh, oh, an Instagram page called UK Country News. Oh, yeah, yeah. Le- uh, yeah, Lisa Quinn. And um, she literally had like the Christmas CD that we given her had like fallen down on the side of the seat of the car or something like that. Right. And, was, and she was <laughs> cleaning out her car and she found it and she's like, I'm so sorry. I never listened to this. And she, she listened to it and she said, I can't believe Jesus and Santa is not a big hit. Uh, you've got to release that. And then we told her that we wrote it with Reba McIntyre and she said, all the more you need to, you need to right. release yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So we are going to try to get this out. Um, it's, it's, Done with just an incredible cast of of some of the biggest uh, studio legends in Nashville um, playing, and it's it kind of it it's kind of in the feel of like the Time Jumpers, you know, it's kind of like old time country. Yeah, it's one of the more countryer things that we've ever. Oh written. gosh, yeah. So, but it's fun. But it's really fun. I, I mean, I think it's very hooky and kind of lodges in your brain. So yeah. we we had never played it live. And last December, we were at the Bluebird doing a Christmas show and played it for the first time. And everybody loved it. And we actually had a blast doing it live. Yeah, so, sounds great. As I say, well, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's Christmas and it's happy and it's, uh, you know, it's upbeat and all the things. I mean, what's not to like, really? So uh, Exactly. Let's have a listen to that then, shall we? This is Jesus and Santa by Lost Hollow.
folks were laughing, we were gathered round Mamma's chair. She would tell this tale on Christmas Eve, all the kids were mesmerized. Her voice got very quiet as her eyes got really wide. She'd say Jesus and Santa are in cahoots. The jolly guy in the bright red suit is helping the man upstairs to show us that he cares. Soon I bet he'll be on his way with eight reindeer and a magic sleigh to help us celebrate Jesus' birthday. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! It's more than just a sack of toys. was Jesus and Santa by Lost Hollow. Fantastic, upbeat, something we could all do with, um, you know, for Christmas. And, um, you know, I really hope that does well for you. And, um, you know, certainly on in terms of BBC Radio and uh, Airplay and stuff. You know, Thank you. Fingers crossed with all that. Yeah, well, my yes. pleasure. So in terms of, um, so is, is Christmas, um, it's not necessarily the main kind of national holiday in, in the United States, is it? So you have Thanksgiving, which is coming up fairly soon, I think. So that's quite, that's a big deal, isn't it? Normally it's a big deal. Um, 
we're not getting into the pandemic, but <laughs> we're not really allowed to. Here we go again. <laughs> They've really restricted that. But oh, oh, well, yes. it depends on what part of the country you're in. But um, in, in some states, they really are restricting that. The, uh, the we call it the holiday season because it uh, starts with Halloween, then goes to Thanksgiving, then goes to Christmas. Yeah. And um, so and Thanksgiving is is like in America, it's like the starting gun for the Christmas season. So you have Thanksgiving and then the next day is Black Friday and people get up at four o'clock in the morning and go buy TVs and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, so I've only really seen, I mean, my impression of, you know, being a Brit is, you know, from the whole Thanksgiving thing is mainly probably from movies that I've seen where it's been featured and it it does seem to come across as this kind of major, major, in in, in the grand scheme of things and in normal times, and it is a big deal, right? Yes. It's it's one of the times that family really gets together. Um, In the past, my entire family would come every other Thanksgiving that we would all get together and celebrate. Like we, they would all come to Nashville. I have a brother that lives in Maryland, a sister that lives in California. Um, My other sister lived in Colorado. She lives here now. And so all the families would get together and, um, and celebrate. And it was just a, it's, it's, it's just great having the whole family together and, it sounds great. Uh, maybe maybe one day I'll get to I'll get to witness what's like. I mean, I think uh, unless you're Steve Martin, of course. When he that, what's that movie? Um, Planes, trains, and automobiles, isn't it? When he's that is one of my to, favorite <laughs> movies ever. <laughs> he's trying to get home for Thanksgiving, <laughs> and uh, it, let's just let's just say he doesn't have the best of luck, does he? With, uh, trans, no, he trans, doesn't. Trans, but yeah. then you cry at the end. Oh God! I mean, there are some some fantastic scenes in there, and John Candy, of course, isn't it? With um, the the kind of full guy, he was the um, best. Oh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Tommy, Laurie, uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, talking to you, and thanks for sharing your time with us, and um, you know, going through the whole stories of life in Nashville and being songwriters and brilliant musicians, and you know, and your lovely family as well, of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And, um, now, did you know, I'm, say, I'm interrupting. Did you know that we're supposed to come over in June of 2021 to play and open for rumor? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, let's fingers crossed. Let, fingers crossed that happens, Laurie. As long as um, the, as long as the world opens up, we're there. Absolutely. Well, if you're there, I'll be there as well yes. um, to see it. So I will, um, you know, so look forward to that and keep my fingers crossed that that, that happens uh, for you. Yeah, because we had uh, we was, had a track. The first track she released was featuring us. Yeah, it was featuring Lost Hollow. Oh, really? We, yeah. sang, we sang on we sang on three songs on the record. You played drums on the record. I played drums on the record. Um, and then they fantastic. featured us. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's really, really great news. And I think in a really nice, positive way to you know, to end the interview. Yes. Um, I was about to say, you know, Merry Christmas, but I'm not going to do that in November. <laughs> <laughs> you can, our tree is up, so you're allowed to say that. Because you, <laughs> but if you've got your tree up, then then, then why why not then? Okay, let's let's uh, let's say uh, Merry, Happy Christmas. Yes, Happy Christmas. And um, good luck with the future and everything that you do. Thank um, you. And we look forward to you know, seeing we, you next time we come over. Definitely, definitely. I'll be there. Um, okay, guys, that's great. And um, I'll hopefully see you in June. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Stephen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My thanks again to Tommy and Laurie for joining me on the Feeling Vasonic podcast. 
Really hope that you have enjoyed the show. If you have time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be very much appreciated. My name is Stephen Connor, and you have been listening to the Feeling the Sonic podcast. Until next time, keep calm, stay safe, and God bless.